Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I'm here today with uh, a podcaster that I think uh, many of you probably already know, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Gary Butterfield of, uh, well, of DuckFeed.TV uh, now, but of uh, also of the Bonfire Side Chat podcast that I know uh, many of you listen to as, as big-time Souls fans. So, uh, Gary, welcome. It is it is a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah. The uh, uh, Bonfire Side Chat's part of DuckFeed. Yeah, no, I know, and I was noticing you guys had had rebooted it um, now with with Sekiro takes on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you, we brought it back. Uh, brought it back this year. Are you going to force yourself to play Kingsfield? Um, I have. We've done Kingsfield four. For the okay, show. I didn't realize you did Kingsfield four. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, are and, you going to uh, do the older ones? Yeah, probably at some point. I, I like those games. Um, okay. K- Kingsfield one was uh, one of the when I first I, I worked at Taco Bell to buy a PlayStation. <laughs> and uh, and nice. went into a used video game and CD store in my hometown and bought a PlayStation. And the uh, the guy would he gave me two games for free, and one was Final Fantasy VII, and one was Kingsfield. Uh, <laughs> and I had no idea that that was the first step in my From Software fandom. I like that. I like that step because it it's that it's that classic thing of you know I'm getting these two games, and um, one of them is like a uh, one that I could talk about with people forever. Like you can always bring up Final Fantasy VII with people; they're going to know it. They're going to be able to kind of talk with you about it. And the other is a game that like six people will have ended up playing by mm-hmm. you know 2019, um, and both are now equally important. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 absolutely. My, my friends would come over and watch it, and I I kind I liked it, and they thought that that was dumb. Of, uh, of me to like it. <laughs> so the um, jokes on them. You ended up being. I mean, like basically, you were ahead of the curve in terms of the zeitgeist. Well, I, I did take you know like twenty years off uh, between <laughs> between there and getting back into them, though. So, uh, so during which the, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, during, go ahead. During which? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I was. Uh, thank you for saving me because I was going to try to make a joke about something I didn't do and uh, didn't have one. Um, so, so I appreciate the bailout. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so what was like, how did you get back into, uh, into from games? Like what was, what was the, what was the journey there? Like from, okay, so I'm, I'm doing the, I'm doing, uh, Kingsfield. This is fun. Um, my friends think it's weird, but I'm enjoying it all the way to, okay, now I am, um, 
it's 20 years later and I'm playing a Souls game from this company that maybe I remember from Kingsfield 4, maybe I don't. Yeah, I... Um so in that, uh, there's not a lot of connective tissue to it. Um, mm. You know, Dark Souls was the first uh, game when I got back into it. I did not recognize from software um, until I started really podcasting. I didn't pay quite as much attention to developers in general. There were some that I looked for, but I didn't uh, didn't keep a high eye on it very much. Yeah. And uh, Dark Souls, uh, you know, had this phenomenal reputation. Um, people liked it. Uh, Cole, uh, who I do bonfire side chat with, yeah. um, was playing it and says, Hey, you should check this out. He had bounced it off it previously, but uh, this was his second run up, which is really common. It's very important to get that second run up. Honestly, that's like, uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is, it is the like quintessential game you bounce off of, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that is, that is, that is worth actually, I think sometimes you bounce off a game and, uh, that's great. You know, that's just your, your you shouldn't play the game. In. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, yeah, bumps off. This is not great. Um, and uh, I started playing it, and what would happen is uh, back in the, the old days when we didn't do quite as many shows, uh, when we would get together to record our flagship show, which is called Watch Out for Fireballs, right. um, we would have uh, kind of just like warm up time, like green room kind mm-hmm. of time, because uh, yeah. we're friends uh, in addition to, to being work partners. It's, a, and, it's, imp- it's important to be friends with, with the people you podcast with, I think. It's, uh, that's it, ideal. It would not work. Otherwise, like, it'd be so weird if I was just like, all right, see you later. Ugh, that guy. Um, he's, he's the person who I've talked to most in my life, and I have been married, and I grew up and had a family. So it is... <laughs> so I mean, like, look, kids don't really talk that much. <laughs> it's a quiet kid. Um, the, uh, so we would... It started dominating our conversations uh, okay. after after we'd record or before we would record. And the thing that... that uh, I like to say about it is it was the game that was so good. We had to do a show about it. <laughs> like we were just talking about it constantly. And at the time, um, nobody, and I still, I don't think anyone's taken this exact tact, but we were like this, this game, uh, specifically dark souls one. I don't think the whole series does this, but every area almost has a thesis statement to it. Like mm-hmm. we, yeah. we could see what it was trying to teach you or what the concept or gimmick of each area was. And we're like, we should do like a travel guide. Oh uh, uh, yeah, game. yeah. No, and that absolutely uh, keys into what Bonfire Side Chat does. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we just we just started it, and it was uh, you know really fun. That first experience with those games is you know priceless, uh, and people yeah. spend a lot of time trying to recreate it. And it's as far as I can tell, like basically impossible to recreate. Um, <laughs> you know, in any of the the sequels or, or games that are like that, which all many of which I love, but are not. It's not the same thing. Well, yeah, whatever, whatever game, whatever Souls game is your first Souls game is like, is kind of important to you in a different way, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I've, I've tried to, I played Dark Souls 1 first, and now I'm, I'm almost through all of them at this point. I'm, I've been playing them on stream, so I'm just, uh, getting into 3 now. Um, mm-hmm. just like, just finishing things up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like whatever Souls game you play first is the Souls game that you will, like, most remember. Um, and one is that way for me, for sure. Uh, I feel like maybe, uh, maybe it would be a little different if, um, I don't know, maybe it's a little different because Demon's Souls was the first one I played when I was trying to do this as a job. So like Mm -hmm. that has another kind of, uh, feeling for me, but yeah, ultimately like these games, I think what's so interesting about them, um, and you say like these are statements in terms of the levels and I think that's smart. You know, like one of the things that, that these games do is they just kind of like, force you to have a certain kind of personal argument about them, um, that there's really no, 
it's not like you're ever going to convince anyone of your favorite Souls game. Mm-hmm. Um, nor is that really the point. Yeah, yeah. As you know, with with the 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 career trajectory or whatever, with the with the podcast and stuff that I have, um, I am in a position to hear from a lot of people uh, <laughs> what they think of these games, and not in a bad way. I bet just, you do. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of people, you know. And uh, it's kind of you know where I I fall, and I think there's a lot of um, that first blush, like when people fall in love with the first one they played. Part of that is there is something special to those games that does transcend all the entries. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's part of all of them. And the first time you get that, it's going to feel so incredibly novel. Uh, and then once you kind of move beyond that, if you keep playing the series, each entry does different things really, really well that I think um, kind of appeal to different, you know, kind of psychographics or like as a gamer American, you might have certain values <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, those, those will kind of uh, uh, appeal to you more. So, like, I know people who have played Dark Souls 3, like, first, and they just, this is my favorite one. I love it. It has that first blush. But also, the things that they value are emphasized by that entry in the series. Yeah. You know? And same thing, uh, you know, the we have a Slack for our, our podcast network, and it is kind of a, a haven for lost Dark Souls 2 fans. Oh, I'm, um, I'm sympathetic. I really, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Dark Souls 2 lover. Um, love it. Yeah, it's a great yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 super good, and it's you know, and when people um, will kind of make an argument that it, it's not as good, um, you know, they're talking about uh, iframes and uh, animation priorities and um, boss variety in terms of uh, you know, kind of humanoid armored figures versus kind of beast and things that are, are to me very clearly pre- uh, preferences or things that just maybe they value. Yeah, uh, and then they're not the, the strengths of it just maybe are not as important to them. I think that's right. I mean, I think like one of the things about about any Souls game is that it brings different things to the table. Like I, I know I've been playing through three. I've been uh, talking to one friend who hates three. Like he's just totally uninterested in three. And the reason is because the like the game itself is fine, but the the lore just kind of like stops being interesting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lore was his favorite part, and he just thought, well, that was a real weak part of that particular entry. Um, and uh, I've talked to other people who are like, no, no, that's crazy. Like, it's it's where the game kind of gets perfected. It's like Bloodborne uh, has like finally reached Souls at this point. Like mm-hmm. now, now, now it's good. Like you can you can finally play a Souls game the way it's supposed to be, and um, that's how that's what you know that's what three is all about. And it's funny to see like it's funny to get past like people saying like I don't like it because it's hard. Like that being sort mm-hmm. of like the go to. Um, or the go-to thing that people imagine uh, other people are saying about Souls anyway. Um, it's interesting to see people get past that and then say, like, yeah, I just I just don't like this one. Like, this one's just not good to me. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, a higher order of kind of, you know, once you get past that initial barrier, you, there's an amount of buy-in you've already done. Yeah. You know, and that buy-in is that this is not going to necessarily be an empowerment fantasy, or this is not uh, necessarily going to <laughs> feel good in the same way like a uh, you know a game where you get a jetpack might feel good, or you know uh, a game where you're just like racking up hundreds of kills and combo counts and stuff might feel good. This is going to feel good in a different way. Mm. You've done that buy-in. And then you start similar to like a hierarchy of needs kind of thing, right? Like I've gotten, I've gotten my, my shelter taken care of, but now I need to start worrying about food. Like, do I like this food? Now I got to start worrying about uh, love and self-actualization. Like they're, they're kind of different. You climb up that ladder mm-hmm. uh, with them. So let me ask you this. This is something I, I, and we'll just get to podcasting in general, but I had to, I did grill you on, uh, on soul no, stuff. No. Cause that's so interesting to me. I'm sure you talk about it all the time though. I mean, it's, it has I, to get I, boring. 
No, 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 no. I, I, I love talking about it. Like it is, uh, I think that there's a perception because as I climbed up kind of that, um, hierarchy of needs and we did some of the later games, like there are criticisms that I have of them. There are things that the series kind of change in ways I don't really like. And because of internet discourse, uh, things get, there are a lot of rounding errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, internet stuff. So like there are things I don't like about Bloodborne. Like I love Bloodborne, but there are things I don't like about it. And that became like Gary hates Bloodborne. And there are like things I'm like your friend, like in terms of Dark Souls three, like there's a lot of the story stuff that lost me in that game. Uh, and the uh, that also became I hate it when I'm in fact, it's like, no, it's pretty good. It's just, you know, one of them has to be my least favorite. Yeah, uh, no, that's right. And like, but, I think that is yeah. that is such like it with a beloved series like that. You can't having a non favorite is like is just sacrilege. It's fine. You know, and also like I'm a big fan of like, I mean, real quick, just what I was originally yeah, saying please, was just please. like I love talking about it because even though, you know, it seems like I'd be sick of it or that some of these later entries that did leave me a little bit cold, that I wouldn't like talking about it. Like it was the game like Dark Souls one, depending on what day you ask me, is my favorite video game. Um, it was the game that was you know, so good that we had to had to do a show basically about it. Um, but the uh, moving on to that kind of uh, rounding error, those criticisms or anything like that. Like I'm a really firm believer that like in a piece of art, you know, good doesn't wash out bad. Like mm-hmm. the, the thing, something does that, that is cool can be more important than the things that it does poorly. Yeah. But if something is causing friction or if something is, you know, it's still worth paying attention to like a holistic kind of approach to something that includes all of its parts is very important to me. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, Which, and not, not everybody agrees, but that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, I think that's also something that's very controversial within Souls games, where, like, the the holistic quality of them is generally... Generally, you end up hearing people say, like, well, the holistic quality is that they're difficult. Like, yeah, the yeah. difficulty sort of stands in for the, for the like, the any, like, higher-level analysis. Um, mm-hmm. And that can, that can be really frustrating, I think, for anyone who really loves these games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and some for some people, that is the 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 be all and end all of the draw, right? Which is okay. Like if if you are just want hard mountains to climb, and like, and it sounds like I'm being dismissive. I don't mean to be. Like that's cool. Like that's the thing. But How there, dare you? Because you know, the, the, uh, listen, Trevor. If you just want a fucking mountain to climb, the, stop. The, um, <laughs> The uh, can I swear? Is that I just swore? Yeah, that no, good, right? I thought I thought you're I remembered the, hearing swears when I pre- previewed it. But you're the second guest who uh, today I, I've rec- I recorded twice today, and you're the second guest who has uh, been concerned about swearing. It's it's very it's very nice. Like it's very nice that everyone is worried that I'm going to get upset with them. But no, you yeah. can swear. It's fine. We get that little tag when you post it. It's like explicit or non-explicit. Yeah, and it's like, and do I need to? Am I going to shunt this into like one of those back alleys from Cool World just by <laughs> sticking in explicit? Like <laughs> noise and tunes are going to. Um, yeah, no, we we, yeah. we hang out with the bad kids in uh, yeah. in the podcast world. It's us and like uh, it's us and Anthony and Anthony and Opie. Uh, yeah. Opie and Anthony. yeah, it's just like uh, Anthony and Opie. Good guy. Now they're all going to get after me. This is bad. yeah the the, uh, the, the New York the Comedy Cellar podcast. Yeah, Welcome they, to the podcast pit. Oh, um, no. no girls allowed. The um, the, the morning yeah. zoo is going to be so upset we did this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's so some people uh, they they just want that mountain to climb and that's cool. And then uh, and I think that the danger is, and I, I try my best not to do this, um, is in thinking that the thing that you think is special about them uh, is the only thing that can be special about them. Right. Because right, right. one of the things that is, I think, truly special about them is that they contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. Like, reducing them down to any individual element is really reductive. Uh, so, like, people, you know, again, uh, people will talk to me about things they want. And some, I've, many people, like, maybe over the course of, like, my memory, 10, 10, 11 people, individual people have been like, I really want there to be a Souls game with no combat. 
Like I mm. want just the world and to explore this world and do the kind of archaeology and walk around and try to figure out what happened based on, you know, post-it notes on the backs of shields that I pick up. Yeah. You know, and, I can and, see and it. it. it's cool. Mm. Like it's a cool idea. Like it just kind of shows how wide uh, the appeal can be for these. Like there's a lot of things to like about them. Yeah. You know, no. And I, and I mean, that's like it's it's a it's a fascinating discussion, especially when you get to the idea of easy mode and, and stuff like that. Like I think souls ends up, the souls games end up being the, the standard bearer for like why you don't want easy mode. And people are like, well, if it's had, if souls had easy mode, then it wouldn't be souls. Um, but the, I mean, the claim there is basically that no, no, no. Like actually if souls had easy mode, it would just be a different kind of souls. Well, it would be, yeah, it would be, it would one way of approach would mm-hmm. be obviated, but not every way of approach. You know, and it's right. nobody's nobody's right to make the decision on how someone else should appreciate art. Uh, you know, in that case, like the uh, the the Sekiro like difficulty discourse like took a year off my life. Uh, it's like so, so frustrating sorry. to me. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's uh, the Dark Souls yeah. of discourse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sekiro is the Dark Souls of discourse. Uh, <laughs> Prepare to uh, die. Words. The uh, yeah, just, just present this as a, a sentence to a civilian. Uh, words you know, are the just, dark souls of discord. Yeah, words are the. <laughs> so they really the are. Fairy. Phonemes yeah, are the dark souls of the English language. I think. Yeah, jokes are the repast of the, the parry of, discourse. <laughs> so. Gotta use the the rapier wit. It's it's not called that because of uh, an old saying. It's called that Mm-mm. because it's a lot like the rapier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you have exactly. to use the, you have to use parry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, the, the Sekiro difficulty discourse also took a lot of time off of my, I'll say off of my patience, because I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> steal, I don't want to steal valor from your, from, from, from what happened to you. Uh, but, but yeah, no, it's like, it's, it, it was frustrating. And like, because I think one of the reasons it was so frustrating for me was I totally understood what people were saying. Like I got the, I got what they were trying to get at in terms of like, okay, you know, this game is cool. It's trying to tell a story, but it is too hard for me and I give up and I want to be part of the conversation, but I can't be, um, mm-hmm. especially when it came to disability. Like I, I understood it and I was willing to have that conversation for sure. But, but like the weird thing about having that conversation was how frustrated everyone got, no matter what side you were on. Um, and that was a weird feeling for me. Like these like niche games suddenly becoming something that everyone had extreme opinions on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a stand-in for a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I felt like was kind of like bubbling or brewing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, under it, and Absolutely. and a lot of there was no nuance to it to where you couldn't take a position. So, like, if you were, uh, so I'm somebody who is, you know, way into letting people enjoy things how they want. Like, I'm get do it, do an easy mode. It's no different than having a cheat mode, really, and mm-hmm. just it just makes it easier. Go for it. I'm out on that side of you know the debate, right? But people who were against the against having that kind of mode and stuff, they were sharing a side with the worst people on earth because there were all <laughs> right. these like GamerGate chuds who who were who were had that opinion because they hate games journalists because they're trying to keep them down. You know? Yeah, right. They're like they're like showing the the video of that guy not being able to play um, Cuphead. Cuphead, yeah. And yeah, like, that, that this thing. is you right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. um, and and you know my YouTube uh, YouTube algorithm because they knew I liked soul stuff on YouTube just became absolute poison for months. Oh it was just no! Like, games journalists hate this, you know. <laughs> stuff. And like, one weird trick that games journalists say. Yeah, one weird trick a game, game journalist can't do. Was <laughs> um, uh, that a James journalist? Which is very specific. James, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like them either because they always focus on James, and I yeah. feel like he deserves a break. Just one of many names, you know. Come on, it's like um, be nice to James. This guy, yeah. this guy goes through it, man. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I agree. Like it was, it was a weird kind of moment in in the discourse, and I mean, in large part because like it was a moment that probably was a long time coming. Like, yeah. probably we were all going to have this conversation at some point, um, he, and like actually having to go ahead and have it was like a little weird, a little hard. And it was um, it was important that it or not important, but I think one of the breaking things was that it came um, after a studio that is known for difficulty put out a very big release after a long wait. Um, and we didn't have the conversation after Celeste came out, right? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, m- more people, uh, you know, fewer people played played that game, and it was not. It made a big hit. You know, it made a big impact, but not quite as uh, big an impact. It didn't have the same context, so that didn't push us over. But I think that it, there are a lot of kind of like steps leading up to that uh, discussion. Yeah, and I mean, Celeste also had like the assist mode, which I think honestly, uh, you know, gave Celeste a lot of leeway in terms of being difficult, but. I also think well, that's probably what I mean was, specifically. Oh yeah, like, you mean this? Like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like so, nobody nobody was saying to Celeste or to those developers, like, "Hey, cucks, why did you add this thing for babies?" <laughs> you know, people on, on the whole were really into it, right? You know, but if the same thing, you know, it's a similar kind of game, like a game that requires a lot of mechanical defi- deci- uh, precision that is about overcoming adversity. If somebody did add that to a From Software game, oh no! Like the world's on fire. Like this cannot be right. And right? I and that's just because FromSoft stands in as a, a sort of like a synecdoche okay. for uh, real gamers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of identity there. Yeah, absolutely. Which I mean is is strange, right? Which is like it's a game that is con- like consistently interested in making sure that you um, feel as powerless as possible. Um, and that is the game that people have like founded their identities on, which it's like it's still very strange to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I get, I get the, I get the power of like saying, you know, I I love Souls games or whatever, because like it is, it is something very like I don't know, it, it's almost like primeval in a certain way. Like they they are very very compelling, mm-hmm. um, but like I just I don't get I don't get like saying okay yeah I. Uh, I'm a Souls gamer. Like, I play hard games. Like, it, that mm-hmm. just feels like the opposite of what the game actually intends to tell you. Yeah, I don't I don't think that is uh, really the intended message, at least, uh, you know, definitely not of, of Ur Dark Souls. You know, um, one of the mm-hmm. things that in, um, you know, that I've come upon, like, later games and stuff in the, the series and, and everything is just exactly how, uh, how much of some of that is bark rather than bite. Yeah. Like... Uh, Dark Souls One, uh, but Dark Souls Two specifically, I think has the most uh, some of the most elegant like difficulty control uh, in the the player's hands of a video game. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, obviously summoning is a hugely you know diegetic and um, elegant difficulty solution, right? Like when people have been like, why when when we had the discourse around Dark Souls and people are like, why should Dark Souls have an easy mode? And it's like, well. It's pretty easy to get through a boss with a summon, like with enough time. It's extremely easy to get. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. That's how I got through the gargoyles the first time. Yeah, that, I was so, just yeah, like, so I can't do this. Like, I, <laughs> I need help, and uh, yeah. and lo and behold. Yeah, and it, it's designed. It's baked in. You know, it's part of like. There's that anecdote uh, that Miyazaki has where he talks about um, getting a, a seeing a bunch of people who had a car stuck on a hill, like a line of cars in the mm-hmm. snow, and everyone getting out to help push this car up the snow, mm. and that being part of his his uh, inspiration for the multiplayer in the game. Um, oh, wow. And uh, it's, you know, I just don't understand. Like, it's the difficulty mitigation was already there. Right. You know, it, it's, it's baked in part of it. So a lot of that kind of identity that, like, I'm, I'm super hardcore, you know, hurt me more, like, <laughs> push me to my absolute limits is already kind of a fiction. 
Like you can right. choose not to to do those things, but the game itself does want those things to be available. Yeah, the game know? itself is happy is happy with giving you outs. Like yeah. and that's that's the other thing. Like people were very much invested in this idea that like the only way you can do this is by getting good. And it it's also true that that is not the only way you can beat these games. Mm-hmm. You can just you can find outs, you can cheese. I mean, like this is a, a, a game series that is like invested in giving you cheesy ways to beat bosses if you just don't feel like doing the like you don't feel like learning their animations and figuring all that yeah. out. Well, there's there's tons of like super valid reasons to want to get past something that's a roadblock, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, there is a lot of value, like tons of value, in overcoming adversity and defeating a challenge. Uh, also, though, uh, some one of my friends recently told me I'm going to die someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, sometimes I just want to get past this and see the next thing. Wow, that you was know? cool of your friends to tell you that. Yeah, I, it was kind of like a threat. I, I chose not to read it as such. So hopefully it was just, uh, you know, uh, uh, a physical field. truth. Yeah, you're like, you're going to die someday. What day is good for you? Yeah, you know, right. was, that was the follow up question. I Ooh, omitted that part. So the uh, what are you doing Tuesday? So, <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, people don't always like podcasters. It's a it's a it's a dangerous We're profession. A cowardly lot. Like it is, uh, you know, cowardly yeah. lot, you know, uh, people for radio. It's not. It, it, I, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe initially uh, Batman was uh, planning on donning his cape to uh, to shame the cowardly and fearful podcasters. Sort of podcaster Joker, his yeah. uh, his his arch nemesis. Podcaster Joker, you know? yeah, just a really bad mic. Really <laughs> terrible podcast. Just like, really uninterested in doing anything with his with his work. Yeah, it's incoherent. Made it made Bruce Wayne very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I can't, you know. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) You're asking people to subscribe and you aren't doing anything. I can't believe the Joker put this behind a paywall. (laughs) The, um, like, patreon.com slash Joker podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash we live in a society. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, no, I, I, like, I... uh, That's a good way of putting it, though. Like, the, the, you know, everyone dies someday and... There's a set number of things that you can do in the world. Like it, it. I felt like I understood games journalists a little more when all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, you know, I really want to talk about this game with this person that's going to be on my show." Um, problem is, I got to beat it by like tomorrow. Yeah, um, and it's like, yeah. oh, geez, I don't think I have the capacity to do that right now. <laughs> like that's going to be really hard to do. Um, and like all of a sudden, when it's like, yeah, you have to, you can't like you have to beat this now. Like you don't have a choice. Um, that's really kind of a scary thing. Like not scary in the, in the sense of like, you know, the real things people worry about. Obviously there are more scary things than that, but scary in the sense of like, Oh yeah, like this is, this could be a problem. Like maybe I won't even finish this. Um, and I wish I could. Well, it impacts your experience at the very least. Like, yeah, if, if it's not scary, like it's oftentimes not the, you know, the ideal way to experience something. And it's something that, uh, because when I started like doing this for work stuff, like I have to be very careful and manage my time very carefully. So I don't end up in that spot and it doesn't influence me like as a, as a critic, right? Like I don't, I try not to have the fact that I'm on a deadline or something like that influence what I think about like a a piece of art, you know? And, and, uh, it, it does have impact though. You know, so I try to just control so I don't put myself in that situation as best I can. Absolutely. I mean, like I was, I was, um, I just spoke to a couple of devs from, um, and I think this one will be up by the, by the time this one comes out, but the, uh, 
I talked to a couple of, of the, the narrative uh, devs and writers from um, Outer Wilds, which is a fantastic oh, game if you haven't played yeah. it yet. Um, yeah, it's super fun. Uh, but, like, it was a great podcast, and I had talked, like, earlier with a friend who had, had enjoyed it and played it a lot, and, you know, all that was really edifying for me, but one of the reasons it was edifying was because I finished the game first. Like, that mm-hmm. game that game demands that you finish it before you can talk about it, and, like, I was going to try and fudge it and, like, just finish, like, three quarters the first time I was recording on it, and I was like, you know what, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I got to the end, and I was like, oh, that's why I try and beat these games like yeah Yeah. that's important and it's just that that feeling of like do i want to do the gamer thing or do i want to do the critic thing is i mean that's a real it's a real pressure point well it's hard to you because it depends on the game right like i i definitely believe there are games that you can get uh be without beating them you know Mm -hmm. at least enough to to say some regional reasonably cogent things about them you know, maybe not comprehensive, but it depends on the game, right? Like, I have not played uh, Outer Wilds yet. And I yeah. know. I know. I know I should. Um, I have no, not no, played no. it yet. Oh, yeah, no. I, I thought you were saying you know because it's uh, it's so hard to keep straight with Outer Worlds. Um, the, 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 that well, is it's also truly I'm, I'm unfair. I'm a big Outer Worlds, like, looking forward to guy, too, so I keep mixing them up as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. The, uh, a, a big Outer Worlds look forward to guy, I think, is what I just said. So. I think, uh, you know <laughs> Everyone understood that yeah. you, yeah. I think, yeah. I, Trevor, you are I'm no big... longer doing sentences. I'm providing sentence kits, okay. like blue aprons, so you can put them together. Well, that's great. Is this, a, is this a plug? Yeah. Have, great. <laughs> Patreon.com slash sentence kit. Um, and if you go to sentencekits.com slash bonfire, uh, you can get yeah. 25% off any sentence you want to read. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, any sentence you want me to have. But the, um, so there are games where you do need to have that, like, that ending. Yeah, uh, to have the complete experience because they they use it, but not every game does. Yeah, no, you know, of and that that knowing that is hard, and you don't always, you know, you can't always tell either. So it's it's a tricky thing. Yeah, it's it's always, there's nothing more frustrating than getting to the end of the game and being like, okay, I didn't I didn't need to see that. That wasn't it's worth like, it. Yeah, yeah, that was like <laughs> yeah. completely not worth my time. Um, One of the things we say on on Watch Out for Fireballs a lot is like the cheat code to see the ending is YouTube. Like basically, like if you get to the end boss and it's like, no, I use the cheat code. Like I, just, I couldn't couldn't do it, didn't want to do it. This is why I didn't want to do it. You know, yeah. which I think is still valuable information. But actually pushing, you know, depending on the game, pushing yourself past that barrier is, you know, masochistic for no reason. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm interested in. Um, well, I, I will ask you more about souls, but I, I'll just take a quick break from souls. Um. You know, thinking about podcasting, thinking about like making that your thing. So like, uh, as someone who has also made it his thing, uh, it is a commitment of sorts and a kind of like growing commitment as time goes on. And I was, I was perusing duck feed and noting your upcoming, um, would you call it a fest? Would you call it a gathering? I don't, do you have a, do you have a term for it? Are there, will there be juggalos? Uh, there, there, well, there could be, they're, they're just like us. They, well, um, that's what I've heard. They're, yeah. And in fact, so, they're like, they're like us, but woke. I, I was at a friend's wedding reception recently, and one of his friends, as kind of like ironically, did the uh, the ICP song "Homies" for karaoke, uh, and that has got to be in my top five songs about Juggalo friendship. Like it is just kind of a beautiful thing. Top like, five songs about Juggalo friendship. <laughs> they love each other. They like, really it's, do. It's a so beautiful thing. It, no, yeah. they they do. I like. Yeah. I do. I just. I find it kind of gorgeous that they're not gorgeous. That's maybe a little hard. That's maybe a little. <laughs> I find it just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I find it like I find it really nice that they uh, they have enough songs about friendship that there can be a top three 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very sweet. And they, they have that, that event they get to look forward to more than I've ever looked forward to anything in my life. Yeah. Um, where they get to cheap, yeah. where they get to drink like bad soda. But th- that's yeah. like the good thing. I love bad soda. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the sequel to Bad Santa. <laughs> bad the, soda. <laughs> the, um, I used I, to I used to drink a soda from Wawa, the uh, the, the Pennsylvania uh, marker of my youth, uh, <laughs> where it was I forget what it was called. It was just like the local, you know, generic soda. It was basically local Fago, but uh, it, the only flavor was blue, um, mm. and I missed mm. that soda every day. You you saying that immediately put the flavor in my mind. Oh so. yeah, you could taste blue. <laughs> exactly what the what the blue is, um, the uh, so it it is a fest, uh, duck fest. Okay, um, which we're holding for the first time this year. Um, we uh, have experienced like quite a bit of growth uh, this year. We restructured our Patreon. We brought Bonfireside Chat back um, in January, uh, and uh, have a, a lot of growth, which is awesome. And we usually one of our like Patreon goals was to do these live shows every year, and this year we decided to experiment. And take one of those and take the budget from it and throw uh, a show. Cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. If anyone's listening uh, who is in uh, Pacific Northwest and you're in uh, Portland or Seattle or Eugene or anywhere up here, please come. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, at duckfeed.tv slash duckfest is the address. And it's going to be uh, six of our shows, uh, including uh, you know Bonfireside Chat for people who are interested in that. And then a couple of local podcasts that are hilarious and good. Okay. Um, yeah. So full, full day uh, thing, 15 bucks. Um, it's at a historic movie theater. Um, so snacks and day drinking. There's a, there's beer if that's interesting to you. Okay, all right. Well, it's interesting yeah. to me. I I don't know if I can fly out, but uh, I. Yeah, awesome uh, if you could. Like no pressure, yeah. but. Well, yeah, no, I would I would love to. Um, no. You know what? I'll check with the wife. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. <laughs> if you've never been to Portland, you owe yourself a vacation. It's a beautiful city. You know, I I I, I got into the University of Oregon for my uh, PhD, and I didn't end up going there for it. Mm. But I, I visited Eugene, which I have to admit, little depressing. Yeah, um, I've, I've uh, unfortunately I've never been uh, to Eugene. It was in the rainy Sorry. season, which uh, they they were they were careful to tell us that the. Um, the the sort of like uh, the native uh, population before the settlers came uh, would call uh, Eugene the Valley of Illness, um, <laughs> which dark is, Souls title is like a Dark like, Souls. Yes. Right there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I found the Poison Swamp. Uh, yeah. the From Souls Poison <laughs> Swamp. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it lives up. I mean, it lives up to it. It's definitely gross, but uh, and not in a juggalo way. No, not in a fun way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it, I don't know, like that was my experience with Oregon and I've always wanted to go to Portland cause it just seems like it's a lovely city. It's very fun. Like the, you know, uh, white supremacy problem, but well, you know, yeah, I've heard don't that hold too. that against us. We've, the, we've, um, we've all seen know, green actually, book now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, you know, we, I know, I wish I could fix it. I'm working on it. You the, um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. We've, you know, that was my next question, and I'll, I'll spare you it now. <laughs> I appreciate that. What are you doing I, about it? <laughs> I should have put that on the no question list, but I, first, funnily, I didn't think it'd come up. So the, <laughs> yo, you don't want to answer questions. Oh, it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, all right. Well, <laughs> now, stop. now I'm a little worried. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's um, it, it is weird. Like that that I remember hearing a friend talking about that, and I was just like baffled that there was a white supremacy problem in Portland, but um. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like it's kind of an issue. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it sounds like a lovely a lovely event, and I, I think I encourage uh, my listeners to go to it if you're in the if you're in the PN dubs. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, one of the things I'm interested about with like podcasting uh, is 
you know, like, when did you actually feel like you wanted to make a commitment to do this, like, ridiculous job? Because um, that, I think, is a really important moment where you're just like, okay, I commit to doing this, like, this dumb thing forever. Um, yeah. When did you make yeah. that commitment to do this dumb thing forever? We, um, so it's the, the network, uh, so the first time Watch Out for Fireballs came out, which was the, the network had existed before that, but that's before me and Cole, or that's when uh, me and Cole got together, and that's when it kind of took off, um, was, uh, the first episode came out on my birthday, and it'll be eight years ago, uh, next month. Wow. Um, so we did it for a long time, um, and just kind of, uh, and it, you know, because we loved it, and then for, for ego bucks, right? Like, because it was good to be expressive, and people liked it, and, uh, you know, it was, it was just fun. Um, and, and you're then, young uh, and you probably didn't have kids at that point. And it's just like, or if you yeah, did, it was an escape. Like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, luckily I, I'm, I don't have kids. Uh, oh, I thought you said you luckily. had kids. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, I've got a lovely, uh, black kitten, um, oh. instead. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, no kids. Um, I was, yeah, I was married so... is what I, I mentioned. I, oh, I, said I, I oh, used, yes, I used yes, to be married. Yes, yes. Um, I, I am so sorry. I thought you were going to say a lovely black and then like say a person after it. I was like, I was like, this is really bad. This is yeah, going, I, what going you didn't a, sign up for this, did you, Trevor? This is going down a dark, dark road. It's me, podcaster Joker, after all. Um, <laughs> oh, the, no. <laughs> so, oh no, this is so twisted. Jared Leto version. Oh no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, um, so we just did it, you know, did it and I would spend, uh, quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. you know, on it in addition to working full time. Uh, and, uh, you know, for years. And then uh, I was working a day job at the university here and I hated it. Mm. Uh, and I uh, was wanted to spend my time doing podcasting and other projects, but I had to put in my 40 hours a week, uh, you know, doing my day job. And I hated it. I was very depressed. Mm. And I didn't see a way out of it. And then I uh, made the miraculous decision to uh, go uh, on antidepressants. And uh, oh, all could, right. could then <laughs> humble brag, uh, and then, then could, uh, <laughs> and then could see a way out basically. So okay, that kind of gave me that clarity to decide like, actually, no, I'm going to give this a shot. Like I want to try this. Nice. Um, and then shortly after that is when we started the Patreon, which, which started very slowly. And, uh, I ended up, I was a student for a while and working part-time at an escape room, oh. um, when we were doing this. And did you always say prepare to die when you, when the escape room started? I should have. Yeah, that would have I should cool. have. The theming, the theming was off, but I, I should have pushed it through at least on my last day. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, uh, and I got to, you know, the, the bare, because I kind of made this decision at the bare moment, uh, in which the Patreon was paying enough to, to live, uh, exceedingly humbly. Mm. Um, I, I jumped ship and decided to make that full time and, uh, kickstarted my first book. Wow. Um, at the, the, around then. That's amazing. Um, so the, uh, and I was, uh, there was a, a breakthroughs, like we talk about that moment. The thing I thought about was, uh, quitting my job felt extremely insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I realized like, actually I have never been secure. Like security mm. is an illusion. Like you know, people in this, uh, the university I used to work at when I lived in Illinois, like Illinois hasn't had a state budget for like six years. Oh God. Um, yeah. people in the university I used to work at are getting let, let go left and right. Um, that could have happened at my old job. Like it is a relatively secure job, but there's not a such thing as absolute security. There's just relative security. Where did you work in Illinois, by the way? Um, Northern Illinois university. Okay. I, um, I, Illinois. I, uh, I worked at UIC for a while. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, oh. It's where I got my PhD and, of course, did a lot of uh, teaching there, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I know all about not having a budget and uh, and them just saying, like, yeah, sorry, we don't have any budgets for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer. Yeah, you know? it sucks. <laughs> it's real bad. It, it, 
And uh, it, it, informed a lot of my like philosophy about just thinking back on that. I wasn't working there anymore, but thinking back on that, a lot of my philosophy about uh, employment and relative values. So mm. like you can, you can be a little bit more secure, but you had to put that on one side of the scale of like, oh, I hated what I was doing though. Yeah. You know, and that's sure. on the other side of the scale. Like that's, that's heavy. Yeah. You know, that, that, yeah, that's Absolutely. A lot of weight, you know, so there's a risk. And now they think about it. Uh, my friend, Bob Mackey, who does a podcast called retronauts, yeah, I, I actually, I know Bob Mackey's name. I, I yeah. don't know when I have last listened to Retronauts, but yes, definitely. He uh, he said something I really loved, which is that, like, you know, he talked about him quitting his job and, and going full-time podcasting and saying that uh, it's actually much more secure because instead of one asshole deciding you don't have a job, like, <laughs> two or 3,000 people have to decide you don't have a job. You know, and if you're going to lose it, it happens gradually. It's probably not going to happen overnight the way that, like, a layoff would. And I mean, look, it's not like those people who are deciding that you won't have a job are nice or anything like that. You know, those they're podcast listeners. They are. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would be know. due to circumstance as opposed to like greed, which is a, a way that people lose their jobs now. Yes. Right. You know, exactly, uh, exactly. Or, or just like capitalism, the, you know, it has to keep growing. The shark has to keep moving or it'll die. That's not a good reason to lose a job. But people needing to cut corners and cut entertainment budget to to make ends meet. That's a fine reason you know, to lose a job if that happens. Like, yeah. I don't feel, I don't begrudge them that. No, yeah. and that actually, that was something that I noticed too when I started doing uh, No Cartridge uh, a little more seriously was when people would be uh, be unable to continue uh, supporting it. It was generally because like, oh yeah, look, like I, I just, I don't, I, we don't have the money anymore to do this. Like we mm-hmm. have, these these other things came up basically. And it's like at that point, you know, okay, um, I get it. I get how that would happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and I would, I would never begrudge anyone for that. And that was like, that was a, a, a really weird feeling to be like, Oh yeah, I sit surveys are, are totally a a funny thing that I have bugbear with because like 90% of the time it's that. And it's like, no, please, you're fine. Please, you know, don't. I'm so sorry. Like, please just stop patronizing. You know, it's good. You know, take care of yourself. And then, uh, all, a lot of the other categories are just kind of don't make any sense. Like there's nothing you can extrapolate from them. <laughs> right. um, did not did not provide what I what I promised. Why I did, did. Engage, as I was expecting? It's like well, what that does nothing. And then it's also a way. Um, in my experience, the people who leave like long mean screeds, there always are like people who gave me like a dollar a month for seven months. Of which I got thirty cents or something like that. So you're you're you you want to have this paragraph where you want to make me feel extremely bad in exchange for your two dollars and ten cents. That's uh, like all over right, the course fine. of seven months. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Go ahead. Yeah. It's the, uh, I hope you I hope you feel better at this point. That was I hope that was worth your your seven dollars. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Um, yeah. No. I, and like it is it is kind of like a weird thing that way because of course you you end up with you end up with sort of like. What I know, my, my friend Shannon Strucci uh, calls uh, parasocial relationships, um, and and I mean I'm, I'm sure she that's not that's not I, in fact I know that's not only her term she wouldn't claim it but the like the idea of these relationships online are not just uh, you know they're not just people you know supporting you they're like people you mm-hmm. kind of know this kind of like second grade knowing um, which is weird it's a little strange but like. It's it's very specifically um, strange, like not just second grade uh, in terms of uh, like a little bit less so or uh, it's it's uh, one way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Pod- podcasting is a really intimate medium, which is a weird thing to say. But the people who listen to a podcast, um, you know, if you listen to a podcast and it's an hour a week and you listen to it every week. Uh, and you're doing it during your commute or you're doing it during your job or something, you're hearing that person's voice a lot like comparable yeah. to their their friends i have friends who i don't talk to for an hour a week 
you know. I have um, a lot of friends that I don't talk to for an hour. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Like, you know, and that's, that's you know, uh, so you, you get to, and you get to know them. Like, I don't, you know, people podcast in different styles, but I've always been very open um, about, you know, I'm basically, I don't, don't have secrets. Like, I, I talk a lot about my life and, like, history and stuff, insecurities and stuff. I just said I was on antidepressants. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have secrets mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, I, I don't know how to live. Uh, with with barriers, right? Not necessarily healthy, but it's the case. Um, <laughs> so people learn that about you, and then you get stuff like um, these parasocial relationships. They're all well meaning and very sweet, but they are, you know, charitably like a trip. Yeah. You know, like they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're kind of crazy, and you can run into situations like uh, I had a a, a cat. And uh, he's very close to me um, and kind of became a little bit of like a network mascot. Like we sold shirts with his face on it and stuff. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I lost him. Like he was, you know, uh, like extremely close, like very important to me. Yeah. And when I I talked to that, I had I realized at a point I was like, I need to tell people not to reach out to me because I have these parasocial relationships and trying to distract myself and having like a stranger, an effective stranger to me, but somebody who feels like they know me very well and knows the cat. And knows the cat very well, presume an intimacy will be hurtful. And it's not because they're mean. It's, it's like they mean well. But I had to be like, I, I need people not to do this. Like, yeah. If you don't know me personally, please don't reach out. Like, I appreciate the idea. I know you care. Um, I, can't, I can't have something this important or this intimate uh, be filtered through that parasocial relationship. It's not personal. It's just what I can handle. It's my capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, and I think that, I mean, that's that's it seems on its face to like be a perfectly reasonable request. I'm sure some people did not take it particularly well or uh, uh, people were pretty nice Oh, good about that. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Cause I mean, I think I, you know, something about either tone or the way I said it, or just people realizing like, Hey, this actually has a barrier. You know, the, a couple people, yeah. you know, I had a couple of Twitter randos who were like, don't worry, man, you'll get another cat. Or like, I don't understand <laughs> what the big deal is. You'll get another cat. Oh, and, oh. and they just went into mute city, my favorite track from F zero and my favorite thing to do. On Twitter.com. So I love Mute City, yeah. uh, both of those, uh, but especially the track in F Zero. That's oh yeah, that's good, that's oh my God. A big blue, big blue. Go go take a hike. Yeah, no, Mute City is really really good, and it has the best right. music in the game. Yeah, yeah, my hot Agreed. take. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 a weird thing. Like it's it's just kind of like I don't know. And again, you're talking about one of their favorite games, and it's a game that has like a kind of ethos to it outside of you know what it. The only, you know, it's not only uh, a game they love because it it does one particular thing. It's it's a game they love because it's like it has this toughness to it as well. It's like, associated philosophy. Like, yeah, it's okay, that's a good way of saying up, it. Yeah, you know, some identity in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I imagine you did get a lot of weird parasocial elements there. Um, I forget why we were going on down this down this path. Oh yeah, like the so like there's like attendant issues. There's attendant goods. Um, do you, do you feel like, do you feel like this is your job for life at this point? I mean, this is like, this is something I think about a lot. I'm not just asking because, um, I'm trying to put you on the spot. I, I think about this a lot. Like, is this something I will do for the rest of my life now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Cause I don't, um, before, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't think I would, this was a possibility, mm-hmm. you know, to do this. I knew that I wanted to work in something that was not like, I, I hated working in an office. Um, you know, I hated having like a, a day job. Mm-hmm. Sure. Basically, uh, I knew I hated that, but I didn't think there was an option um, at all. And I think a lot about how, uh, you know, the the me of of yesterday did not know the me of today, and the me of today does not know the me of tomorrow. Like right now, like that sounds great. This is easily the best job I've ever had. I am so unbelievably lucky. 
I am one of the, I feel like I am uh, one of the luckiest people uh, that exists. Like it, it is, there are not very many people who get to do something that they love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very rare. And uh, there are a lot of people who are really good. Like, I think I am good at what I do, but I also think there are a lot of people who are good at what I do. And I had a lot of luck uh, to get here. Um, again, I'm not, not that I'm not good at it. It's, it's also tons of luck. And uh, right now, I can't imagine doing anything else. But I, maybe someday down the road, I would change into something like associated, mm-hmm. you know, with it. Maybe something uh, like a lateral move. Uh, to hmm. this. So I don't know if I, I would be doing it uh, my my whole life, but I would love to. Basically, what I want to do is cultivate enough of an audience to where if I did decide to pivot and I was like, OK, from now on, I am just writing or from now on, I am just doing music that I would have enough people who like me and trust me and, and like the stuff I do that I could eke out a modest living because hmm. I don't like nice things, uh, which is pretty great. <laughs> so wow. Like yeah. I don't know what I would do if you gave me a very nice car. I don't know what I would do with it. So I just I don't I don't. I, I live a modest. I, I can live a very modest life. Okay. What about nice not food? My day job. You know, I, I do. I do like nice food, but the, the secret of nice food is it's cheap. If That's you true. Make it yourself. And also, so. if you get the the sort of like, if you go to a certain class of nice food, where it's yeah. like, I want, I want nice street food, which tastes as good yeah. as nice fancy food. Absolutely. Or, or if you just want to like, hey, I'm gonna roast up some vegetables and like make a nice cut of something, and like that is that's you know, vegetables are dirt cheap. You know, it's weird. Are Produce they? Is cheap. Like, I guess yeah. that's true. I guess I, I'm trying I to think of like, you know what? They're a lot cheaper. Cents. Lot cheaper than yeah. meat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Meat, like you know, protein. And I understand that if you, if someone's listening to this and they struggle to to pay for vegetables, I'm not belittling your struggle or anything like that. I just mean in terms of uh, wealth in general or kind of stature or you know that kind of thing. I think it is comparatively cheap. Oh yeah, and certainly you know, comparatively like cheap to a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, I wanna I wanna then talk about. Duckfeed and like the the idea of the network like how did how did building the network go for you like what did you what did you sort of like focus on why why did you decide to like go so aggressively into building um such a a kind of like wide-ranging and I don't know like it's it's very it seems to be like thriving uh but like it also seems like it would be a risk like a, a scary kind of risk on its face so like what made you want to try that um we had you know so at the time Cole and I both had uh, full-time day jobs, so we okay. had, like, safety net, uh, basically, on our, our own. And the uh, – so for our initial shows, you know, we've shown um, – you know, people will ask me from time to time, like, how – for advice uh, mm-hmm. podcast stuff. And I'm the worst person to ask for advice because I, I – you know, I can say, like, hey, consistency um, and, uh, you know, basic audio production stuff and – you know, have a concept for your show, things like that. But uh, we just did the same thing every week for – six years and then it slowly started making money, you know, basically like nice. it was like, just throw in, throw in half a decade and then you got, you're good. You know, it, it just takes a long time yeah. uh, for us, but we, we know we saw that steady growth, like for a, a very, for the life, the majority of the lifespan of uh duck feed, our shows, each episode would be downloaded more than the last one. Mm, okay. Like, um, and then there'd be a couple spikes, but on average, it's always been this very slow crawl, you know? So, so we knew that it could eventually get somewhere. Um, and early on when we were trying to grow things, uh, we were flailing, um, you know, when we did the Patreon, the only thing we knew how to do to try to incentivize, like we couldn't figure out any incentives other than like doing new shows. And there were things we were interested in, like maybe we want to talk about this. Uh, so we started like a bunch of shows like Duckfeed has a lot, like a really wide network. Yeah, no, I, uh, I noticed that it's, shows. it's massive. And it's, uh, 
you know, I think if we were doing starting over today, we may not do exactly the same thing because even though I like all of the shows, like it is uh, a lot and there's no, I couldn't figure out how to fi- to find out what was incentivizing people mm-hmm. um, to support us or to grow. Like I, I get to see the numbers, right? So I know that like the big three, you know, shows on the network get the lion's share of, of the downloads and everything else is, you know, much, much smaller. Okay. Uh, than that, um, even if, if people like them, but it was just stuff we liked and things we didn't know how else to incentivize people. Mm. You know, things we we're interested in doing, um, and then there becomes then they get. You know, we have shows that are, are don't aren't listened to as much as the big shows, but like people talk to us and we interface with the community a lot and people will be like, this is my favorite thing. And it's like, well, I don't want to take away your favorite thing and I still <laughs> like doing it, you know? So, so we'll just keep it up. Even though, you know, there've been several times where I've thought like, Oh, we have, we should probably pair this back. Um, we just never have done it. And we've, mm-hmm. I don't think we're even like really close to doing it. Like, I think that hmm. we understand that might be a good idea, but at the same time, like right now we don't do anything that isn't fun. Okay. Uh, so, and that seems like, I mean, that seems like a good idea. Like the, the yeah. idea of just like focusing on, what you enjoy about it. Cause I mean, it must be a, a massive amount of work to run a network. Yeah. I, I work more than I did when I worked at the job I hated. Like I work more hours per week. And some of that time is playing video games because for, for the flagship show for watch out for fireballs, like, you know, we, we do it, you know, three episodes a month basically. Mm-hmm. And most of them are a game. So that involves like beating that game. Um, and, uh, so I'm working more. And even though it seems like, you know, uh, oh, like, you know, you work that many hours a week, but you're just playing a video game. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. You, a lot that goes you into the, playing a video game. Yeah, you get to the last dungeon in, in, in Final Fantasy V and then tell me that. Like, you're underleveled and you have to go, like, grind and stuff. It can be something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? sure, sure. Uh, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, no, that's cool. So yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask the obvious sort of, like, tie-in question. What is, uh, I mean, is it, like, what about like Dark Souls and the 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 kind of like constant feel of you know having to go up against obstacles and stuff? Do you think that in, do you think that informs at all your um, your desire to kind of like do something as quixotic as a as a podcast? It's interesting. Um, no. Okay. I don't, yeah. No. The I don't. Perfectly I don't think so, plausible it's, answer. Does. <laughs> no. It's a cool. It's a cool question. Like it is a good. It's something to think about for sure. Um, I know a lot of people and have read a lot of people who have taken a lot of uh, personal uh, kind of like feelings of accomplishment from Dark Souls and and kind of get that. And I resonate a lot with the themes, but in a way that is not as optimistic Mm -hmm. um, as that. Um, A lot of the theming that speaks to me in Dark Souls, uh, and this could be, uh, you know, my my history as kind of a depressive and also just my general outlook are a lot of like does this, is this world worthy of saving? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is yeah. it worth kicking this can down the road a couple, couple blocks? Yeah. Or should, you know, those are kind of, that's a persistent theme in all of those games. Oh yeah. Miyazaki um, are, is even open about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really resonant to me. Like just the fact that this thing that you should, you assume just by basis of like explicitly through living that it is worth that. Uh, maybe that's, maybe it's worth questioning, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's something that like really resonates with me. The, the, um, getting over the very difficult challenge uh, part of it is something that I see and I appreciate the act of, but does not inform my personal philosophy a whole lot. Okay. Really. Makes sense. No, I can understand yeah. that. Um, do you think that the, uh, the world you've created at Duckfeed is worth saving? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, I, I, I just, I'm glad you said that because 
earlier I was talking about parasocial relationships and some people crossing boundaries. Like for the most part, everyone is awesome. Like mm. people are so nice. People are very, very kind. I've made uh, legitimate, like absolutely real friends. Nice. Through, uh, through these kind of parasocial relationships, like, um, Jeremy Greer, who I do a show with on the network and, uh, also had a Dark Souls podcast called Don't Give Up Skeleton, um, or still does for, for a time where he interviews people about their experience. I, I always um, think about that podcast when I see, uh, Don't Give Up Skeleton. Like, I'll, I'll run into, I mm-hmm. actually think when I was streaming, uh, in Dark Souls 2 and Don't Give Up Skeleton came in, they were just like, uh, the person I was streaming with was like, that's where the podcast comes from. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jappy. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but um so like and me and that guy are are really good friends like i've gone down and stayed with him at, at his house and stuff like we're really close you know i consider him to be a very close friend and it's because of the show and because of the community like mm. uh people are great and it is uh we have the slack which is um just a really great it is basically my main social like internet outlet mm. you know going yeah. in there and chatting and stuff so i i love everybody you know and i i I'm not just you know saying it because they support me, which is awesome. I'm extremely uh, gracious about it, but they uh, they're just they're great. Like the general tenor and the the kind of community that we foster is very positive, um, and people uh, people are really nice. Cool. Yeah. No, that's great. So. Um, well, I'm glad that that's the case. That's that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me let me lighten you around you with some questions here. Um, mm-hmm. Best uh, best place in Souls to podcast about. And you can, podcast about if you want to talk about a biome, you can. Like, if you want to say, like, the poison swamps or the cathedrals or whatever, like, best, like, what is the most, what is the most, like, fruitful place to, to talk about, to podcast about? Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, opening areas in Souls games. Mm. I love Undead Bergs and Forests of Fallen Giants and uh, New Lothric. Uh, things like, I, I, you know, Yarnum. Yeah. Streets of Yarnum, like Central Yarnum. I think that uh, From Software does those opening areas uh, as well or better than anyone mm-hmm. does. And uh, I think those are extremely fun uh, to talk about. It's also kind of your first hints of the world, uh, things like that. They, they tend to be very careful about what details uh, they drop. Yeah. You know, in, in those sections. And uh, that is the part in the game where you're my favorite things that one of my favorite things that the Souls games do is. Uh, you spend the game hearing about somebody, right? Like in Dark Souls 1, you are seeing the aftermath of this Age of Fire and Gwyn trying to continue it right? Uh, and everything. And you're seeing like what that did to people. Like you're going through houses and you're seeing, you know, these these undead people who presumably once lived there. <laughs> presumably. <laughs> presumably. Uh, and that's when you, uh, you're seeing the hints of that. And then later you get to meet the person responsible. Right. Right, you know, right, right. In Dark Souls 2, you keep hearing about Vendrick. Like you hear about Vendrick, you hear about Vendrick. And then you run into him and he's this wreck who's just mindlessly work, walking circles. Yeah. In this thing. It's so good. And the first time you hear about Vendrick is in the Forest of Fallen Giants where like, you know, you're hearing about this war that he put on and you, you think he's this figure of might. You know, same thing with Gwen, things like that. Uh, so from like a level design standpoint and from kind of beating that hook, I love opening areas. Makes sense. Um, that's, a, that's a really good example about Vendrick. Like, I thought that was one of the most affecting moments in any of the games. Like, just seeing him like the the, the dead king. Yeah, yeah. My jaw dropped. Like, I was just like, uh, and the music kicks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is a, a highly underrated moment in games. It's very yeah. cool. Like, it's it's a... Yeah. Uh, it works so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Um, 
Okay, best best uh, type of enemy to talk about. What's your favorite type of enemy, or what's your favorite enemy? I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go that serious, like, what's your favorite yeah. monster in these games? Uh, favorite monster in the Souls games are Chaos Eaters from Dark Souls One. Okay, who are the guys in um, uh, in the uh, boy? Why Isleth uh, lost Isleth? The um, oh yeah, explicitly Lovecraftian uh, kind of tunnel. Yeah, they make that noise when they're they're walking around. Are they the guys um, who are like? Wait, wait, wait. So what do they look like? I'm trying to imagine these, um, these enemies. I know, or like they look like those columns of euro meat. Oh uh, yeah. Oh god, those are so gross. <laughs> yeah, like like kind of like a euro meat column, but with teeth at the top and eyes. They're like they're uh, like the they're they're kind of like that weird uh, through line that always is in the game where like the Mad Monk's hat always keeps coming back. Yes, yes, yeah, yep. The inverted triangle that's like yellow shaded or something like that. Like that's yeah. Um, I love those things. They're rare. Um, they're they're not used very much, uh, and it's just such a like striking and weird design. Uh, okay, that's a good one. Um, and uh, let me see uh, your most uh, your most controversial Souls opinion. Ooh. Um, so it's, it's hard because I, I, I am in this, uh, this very, you know, I spend most of my time in this very safe space where I'm like, yeah, Dark Souls 2 is absolutely legit. And people are like, yeah, um, most, most <laughs> That's controversial true. Yeah. people, yeah, don't, people, people are just don't like, yes, absolutely like that. Yeah. And, and I don't, uh, I'm not a big, you know, Dark Souls 3 didn't land, uh, as well for me, um, and but that's not as controversial either, you know, mm-hmm. um, as, as I once thought. I think that probably uh, my most controversial that I can think of right this second is that uh, Bed of Chaos is worth it. Wow. Like the presentation okay. uh, of that and the music um, and the idea of it is worth the slog of playing through it. Okay. Like it is a net positive for the world. I, um, I was a Bed of Chaos apologist until I replayed Dark Souls. <laughs> and then I yeah. I was like, wait, I remembered this being way better. <laughs> um, it's a, yeah. But I hear yeah. you. I think you're right, especially if you actually, like, take the time and live with the lore a little bit. Or, if, you know, a, less, a slightly less spicy that I'd stand by before, you know, stand behind a little bit more <laughs> is, like, Lost Isolith is, is uh, underrated. Okay. Like, it's not good. But it's not, you know, people are just, you know, you see people online, it's like, oh, they ran out of money. It's, you know, the, these, the lazy devs, they ruined everything. And it's like, well, no, there's a lot of cool stuff there, actually. Like, that's where uh, S- Sigmire's storyline, there's, like, a really cool moment with that. Um, the 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 idea of, like, running into, like, counting up the sisters. Yeah. Like, the, the Witches of Isolith was really fun. And uh, having the one that's still alive guarding her, her mother, who is, you know turned into this thing like there's a lot of really cool stuff there to chew on i agree yeah i like i i actually really enjoyed lost isolith um in in those ways i thought the lore in there was really fun um mm-hmm. those those actually are controversial opinions i like a lot because i Thanks. always felt like the the back end of Dark souls one gets a lot of hate that is not uh, necessarily fair absolutely agreed um okay and then i think final okay so final question uh top npc what's your favorite npc in these games Ooh. Um, also a good question. Uh, Siegmeier. Okay. Like, like, in like a walk. Like, I, <laughs> I love Siegmeier. Um, I love, uh, I think that there's, when you, when you see what that story is doing, I think that there's so much like emotional truth to it. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, um, it is a sophisticated idea that you can do violence to somebody by helping them. Yeah. Um, and not one that you usually see in games. Like games, uh, tend to be, um, you fill up somebody's happy meter by doing things they like and then if they are on your side or they have sex with you if it's a Bioware game um, and you're not supposed to help him like the way there's no happy ending but the way to 
have him have a meaningful, dignified death is to let him die on his own terms. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think that's a really interesting uh, kind of story for for a character to have in a video game, and very hard to get. Like it's esoteric as hell. Um, you know, you have to kind of really, really mind your p's and q's to see the whole thing. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's just very sweet. You know, it's yeah. It's a. Uh, I I found like I I don't know if I ever actually completed the whole Sigmire uh, line. It, it's very hard to finish it all. It's super hard, and it and it. It's worthwhile, like in mechanically, like you get a chunk, like a or a, a slab, a, a titanite. Oh yeah, which slab, is you know huge, um, which is you want. Um, but you also get to go down to Ash Lake and see his daughter standing over his dead body, where she had to like put him down. Oh yeah, because you know he he didn't. You took away, you know, you go hollow because you no longer have a reason to live. You consistently at every step in the game took away his reason to live. Mm, yeah, and you're responsible for that that father daughter moment. You know, and that's so good. Yeah, I guess so I guess that's good. true. Like all the reasons he had to live were uh, his difficulties. It, trying to be a hero, yeah. Trying to you know, uh, trying to, and that's how he saw himself, and you took it away. Yeah, constantly. You know? And that's that's so good. So good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. That's uh, I had never really thought about it that way. I hadn't given Sigmire enough thought. Um, I'm glad I did now. It was it was a big reason why um, you know I don't want to poison a chalice or whatever, but the Sigmire like character in dark souls three bothered me a lot because poison a chalice. he also has a story that's kind of sad, but it's not, it's not particularly sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And actually that's, that's like one of the reasons that I think, um, you know, the, 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 the guy I streamed all of, um, bloodborne with, uh, was not like, he was just like, yeah, you know what? Count me out for, for souls three. Like I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the reasons why it was like, yeah, you, you know, there's all this stuff, all this time that they put into these games and like the lore in these games. And then you get to Dark Souls 3 and it's like, hey, is everyone want is everyone excited to see like all the answers? And it's just it's it, he felt it was unsophisticated. Um, yeah, I can see it. I mean, I'm not far enough in to make a to make a decision quite yet. But um, yeah. Oh, and I'm not trying to influence you. Like, it's no, still please, a good game. Fine. Like, it's it's fun. I, I'm due for a replay of it, actually. Like, I've been thinking about that because it's the one I have played the least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think I'm ready for ready to, to go back to it. But it's uh, it depends on like what you're what you're playing for, like a lot of the way, because I'm you know, am like a lore guy and I am a, a story guy. And, and that's it's not my favorite thing about that game. There are other things that are very good about it. I mean, the game looks beautiful. I was oh, I was absolutely. absolutely taken by that. But yeah, no, it feels sure. super good in the hands. Yes, it does. You know? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just like it, it, it feels as good as any Souls game. Oh, and I, yeah. oh, uh, the final question, final sort of like bonus mm-hmm. question. Um, and I'll I'll let you know just ahead of time. Um, I am I I liked Sekiro. Um, okay. What did you think of Sekiro? Are you a Sekiro fan, or uh, did you feel like it was not uh, not as uh, as fleshed out, not as good? Um, I don't I don't like it as much. Okay. I do like it. Like I think it's a it's a fun game. Um, doing the podcast on it, it's actually been interesting because in Dark Souls three, like the more I thought about Dark Souls three, the less I liked it. Okay. With Sekiro doing the podcast and kind of really digging into these areas, like I do think the the, the story and lore is a little bit simplified. I would agree with direct. that. Yes, um, but I'm appreciating it more than I did. I am on the side that thinks it is fifteen percent too hard. Hmm. Like there are, it's a really short game if you're not, you're at least for me, right? Like not some people played it first and they're just yeah, I don't know what the thing is. It is very easy for me. Um, it took a long time for the combat to click, and I'm. I feel like I'm never really like I'm getting past these parts, uh, these bosses, getting to these levels, um, enjoying exploring them and everything. And then I get to a boss and it's never 
like a flow state. Like I'm never like, yes, this is just my, my, my little guy on the screen is an extension of myself. It is always <laughs> something I barely make it past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am f- like frustrated and adrenalized in a way that doesn't like feel super good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, but there are a bunch of bosses that I hit that I think hit the balance pretty well that I do feel good after. Um, and there are areas that are, you know, some, a couple areas specifically that are among my favorites uh, that the, the company has done. Um, it's probably hmm. like in, I like it a little bit more than I like Dark Souls 3. Okay. Uh, on the balance, but I don't like it as much as I like Dark Souls 2 or Demon Souls, which is kind of like the next tier for that for me. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, like it, but not, I'm not love it. I'm not, it's, I'm, I'm happy for them to, to move on because like, uh, partly just because my own biases, like I like, uh, this, uh, from software's lens on European fantasy, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you get this genre that I already like a lot that has all these weird little touches, um, to it. And then, uh, partly I'm just interested. I want to play an RPG again. Like I want to find cool shields. I want to find cool spells. I want like a reason to explore. Do you think and Elden Ring sec- will be good? Yes. Okay. I think it'll be cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been one of the things that's awesome about Friendsoft is that like, they're such a good company that, uh, you know, so one of the things I kind of, I feel like I figured out about Sekiro is that like, this was, this is a little bit of a stopgap. Like they had not their whole team working on it. They've been working on Elden Ring at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were working on this and Miyazaki, uh, set up Sekiro, kind of did like the early thing and then moved on to this thing. Like this is this, um, kind of a modest product. And I say that in a, a good way, yeah. right? Like modest does not mean bad. Um, and it still has this combat that people are like, Oh, this is the best video game combat I've ever played. You know, people are yeah. like flipping over it and it's, it's almost like, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like an A product to me. And I'm really looking forward to their next A thing that has the full force and the full kind of breath. You know, I really love Sekiro and I can I can absolutely agree with that where like it, yeah. it felt as if they were sort of like not pulling their punches, but it wasn't it wasn't it's like, kind of little. Yeah, it's a, you know, it, it, it feels yeah. more like a passion or like like a no passion projects are on like stopgap stopgap is exactly right. Yeah, um, in a good way. Yeah, right. No, like, exactly. you know, like an interqual like it's not it doesn't mean it's bad. Like I love I love a modest game, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it just kind of uh, and there's. The combat is super well developed. When it works for me, it it absolutely is a plus, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like I go to bat for the the stealth and level design in that game. Like a lot of people don't talk about it, they kind of treat it like a boss rush. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Like I think it's yeah, it, they definitely did a lot of work on that level design. I, to I me, seems stuff. like kind of perfect. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah agreed. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it. Cool. All right. Um, well. Uh, Gary, I will, I will, I will let you uh, let you leave now. Um, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for talking to me. I um, I wonder if uh, you uh, have any final thoughts uh, that you didn't feel like you expressed, or thoughts about podcasting, Duck Feed, anything you want to replug, anything you'd like people to listen to. Uh, now uh, I am I am giving the mic to you to get any of those thoughts uh, out of your mind. Oh. Thank you. Well, I mean, first, uh, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. You know, absolutely. I, I really, this has been really fun. This is awesome. If you're, uh, if you're ever in Portland or if I'm ever in Pittsburgh, we should grab a beer or something. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, and if people are listening, um, you know, if you do, uh, if you listen to Bonfireside Chat before, if you haven't followed us behind the paywall, um, I understand, but you can, those episodes don't go anywhere, so you can give us the, the five bucks and you get all the back episodes. Um, we don't mind. 
Um, you know, if you just kind of jump in, get everything, and then jump out, it doesn't bother us. And uh, if you do, if you do like Bonfireside Chat, uh, you may like Watch Out for Fireballs, which is um, slightly a little bit more zoomed out than Bonfireside Chat. It's you know a game club. We usually do one game per episode, mm-hmm. um, but uh, a lot of the same kind of uh, our philosophy of like looking at games still goes into that. And we've been going for a long time. We have a lot of different different games so you should give it a shot like nice. pick a pick a you know game from the list that you're interested in we may not like it as much as you did <laughs> but uh you know so that happens but um i i promise you it is not arbitrary and we at least give our reasons why what's a recent um, episode that you're really happy with you know this is this it's behind a paywall so i but i'm gonna say it anyway you can say, uh, say, say it, the name that'll make people want to go listen to it yeah it's uh <laughs> so uh we did we did an episode this year on bioshock infinite okay um that is basically like a, you know, a four-hour autopsy. <laughs> like it is, oh, it is a very no. long um, of the thematic garbagey mess that game is, and all of the things it does yep. uh, to a series that I really love. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've done that, uh, and that was that's really uh, really pretty good, I think. Yeah, that think sounds great. Work. Uh-huh. Um, so you, it's at Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV is how you get that. And again, five dollars gets you all that back stuff, and we do not mind if you jump in and jump out. Uh, we just want you to check it out. Well, that's really nice of you. So, yeah, that's great. Um, well, wonderful. And uh, you are online at uh, is it just is it just Gary Butterfield? Uh, Gary Ba B U H. Gary Butterfield was taken. There's a man uh, in uh, in Great Britain with my name who I think races yachts. I get his email sometimes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's a yacht guy. There's yacht Gary. Uh, um, and will yeah, you ever I'm become yacht, yacht Gary? I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't like nice things. I don't know what I do with a yacht. That's true. I guess. Um, yeah. 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 Um, uh, but. G A R Y B U H uh, is my my Twitter handle. I knew it was close to that, and I just like I didn't want to do the gauche thing of actually looking it up right now. Um, no, no, no. Be like, I what is honesty. it? Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, it's it's Gary B U H, uh, and, and follow there. Follow, and listen to Bonfire Side Chat if you haven't yet. It's it's um, it's very yeah. good. Yeah, they they hold up. Like we've never one of the things about podcasts that we've always tried to do is make something um, that isn't like a periodical. Like we don't want them to be you know here's the news you know and right. then it's like. You know, oh, a Telltale is closing down. This I got to hear about. And it's you know 2019. Um, so we, we try to make them uh, pretty evergreen. Evergreen. So those uh, early episodes of Bonfireside Chat, the audio is not as good, and uh, we were very early on. So uh, the guest, like a lot of guests from our friend group, um, you know, are, are drawn in that, which are all great. But it's not going to be names you necessarily uh, heard before. But uh, I do think those episodes hold up. So if you like Dark Souls, give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and and uh, look up for Fireball and. Uh don't give up skeleton and uh, and and everything on Duckfeed. I mean, it's just like it's a. I would recommend if you haven't recently, uh, and I, I hadn't recently, but go to the go to the Duckfeed.tv site. There's um, there's almost an intimidating uh, amount of good stuff there. Um, yeah, we we've had our first couple Patreon people who left because we put out too much stuff. Uh, and they can't focus on it, which is a really weird complaint to me, but it's definitely. I mean, happen. it's that's the one. That's the one you want, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, and please come back again. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. This was really fun, Trevor. Excellent. Thanks, Gary. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon.